Joey, mate, I am super, 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 super excited today. I've got one of my really, really good friends on the podcast, a big, big expert in the area and, and especially in his specific area. And I think it's pretty timely that we're having this type of conversation. It's uh, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. And, you know, I've, I've been on Mike's podcast. He's, he, he's got a podcast called Give for Growth. It's, it's a phenomenal podcast. It's got um, some cracker guests and some cracker insights on it. Um, Joey, I know you're, you're an avid listener too, but um, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's nice to, to chat to you uh, again, Jordan, and, and, and to, to be on the line with Joey for the first time. Yeah, really looking forward to this. We just had a quick chat off air and I was kind of saying it was really timely because, I mean, my brother's kind of going through his first investment as we speak now and he's been asking me lots of the questions that we're going to be putting to Mike today. So really excited to jump into this one. Yeah, awesome. You can just forward it through. And it's tax time too. So like, you know. Yeah, you must live for this time of year, right? The planets of a lot. Yeah, this is like the Super Bowl, the Tour de France, you know, <laughs> whatever sporting things can I throw in there, all rolled into one. Is it though, or is it the opposite? Is it kind of like a big rush? Everyone wants their, their tax deductions in order before tax time. Like, is it pretty crazy this time of year? It's where I collect about 90% of the year's grey hairs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like we know it comes every year. There's no holidays in June for the MCG team. Um, we're ready to go. And, you know, we're, we're, we're passionate about the results we get for our clients. So that helps us get through the, uh, the stress of the work volumes that come in this month. Yeah, at least you know what you're up for and what to expect in this month and you can you can ramp up. But for the people that don't necessarily know what a depreciation schedule is or, um, you know, what, what are the sort of things a quantity surveyor can provide and, and the insides, would, can you give us a bit of an overview of, of what a depreciation schedule is? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's simple as a report that shows you the tax deductions that you can claim each financial year based on owning an investment property. So it works for commercial and industrial property as well. But, but in essence, as a property investor, you're providing a service to a tenant, right? You're providing housing. Um, so you can, you can claim deductions based on the wear and tear that's incurred by running that property. So you think of it like a business. The business is to rent it out. A cost involved in renting is to maintain the property and it does wear out with use. So that's kind of the allowance. So it's it's really simply just a report that says, okay, well, your taxable income might be $100,000, but you know there's $11,000 worth of deductions. So then in the eyes of the tax office, you're only earning 89. And the difference between, say, those two amounts is about $4,000 of tax savings um, with an $11,000 deduction on that sort of income. So yeah, it's it's an important thing to help property investors with their cash flow. And I assume we'd be here for about a year if we went through absolutely everything that is um, that can go on that depreciation schedule. But do you mind running through some of those like high level things? And maybe more importantly, or more more commonly not spoken about what would be left off those depreciation reports joe if you want a year like strap yourself in i can make this happen (laughs) i've got got a bottle of water i've got some hand sanitizer i'm ready to go um well high level it's the way that i like to describe it is this kind of like two buckets of tax depreciation there's the building structure um which is as you might think it's the timber frame it's the concrete slab it's the roof whatever you decide to make that out of Um, and then there's the plant and equipment items which are more sort of like the loose fitting so carpets and blinds and kitchen appliances hot water systems and those sorts of things so 
those are the two different category, categories of depreciation and there's different sort of qualification as to um, whether you can get those deductions based on the age of the property. But those are the sort of the, the two main key components of a depreciation schedule. And it seems like it's like ramped and changed up fairly recently in the, in the last couple of years. And there's always sort of some changes in legislations that come through. Do, do the types of things that you can depreciate change regularly or is it pretty stock standard and like different numbers and all that sort of stuff? It changes every year. Um, it changed for residential two years ago, and that was the, the first change since about 2005. So it is pretty constant. So two years ago, they added a couple of items and they changed some effective life. So carpet went from 10 years to eight years, and then they added a couple of things. And, and my actual favourite residential um, asset, which it's weird to think that you've got a favourite, but they added <laughs> digital peepholes. And I just think that's fantastic because it sounds so creepy. <laughs> What's a digital peephole? Well, it's kind of just like a, a little intercom thing, right? So it's 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 rather than the little hole that they put in the door, it's, oh, right. it's a video camera with a projection on the other side. But it's just that some, someone at the tax office has decided, well, what are we going to call that? Is it like an intercom? No, nah, people won't know what they're talking about. Well, it's a digital peephole, and there's probably someone at the back going, oh, I don't know about that. Why would you that just say like video, video <laughs> intercom or something? What is digital peephole? That is, that is bloody peepholes. creepy. And, yeah. and in that scenario, report, yeah. when, when things do change, do you have to get a new depreciation schedule or can you just tack on the, the changes in, in your old one? Well, the, the, the changes aren't retrospective. So they're only sort of from people that are exchanging from, um, from that sort of legislation onwards. So it normally happens uh, in the first week of July. They come out with a new tax ruling and it'll be called something like TR2000 and... 20 slash two or, or whatever. Um, so it changes a lot for commercial properties. They add lots of um, new industries. So a year or so ago, beekeeping got the nod and there's all sorts of new beekeeping assets. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more commercial in there than resi and that's pretty constant. Joey, I think we found your new career, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if only I loved honey that much. Uh <laughs> Real buzz so just, about Joey. <laughs> in in terms of like the, I mean, we've all heard the the kind of the common rhetoric around, oh, you can depreciate this for however long. Like, what's the? I mean, I know each particular item, as you mentioned, has their own kind of, I suppose, years or, or shelf life. But like, yeah. how long in general would that depreciation report? Let's say we took it out now. How long would that quote unquote last you? Yeah, well, 40 years is really the maximum for residential property. But even that, like, see, this is where we can talk for a year, because let's say you have a, a property that was built um, 40 years ago, right? So it, it, it will have, I mean, it's not going to qualify for those deductions because it's got to be built after 87. But if it did, it would run out. But then if it had a renovation, say, 10 years ago, and it had an extension, well, that still has another 30 years to run from today. But 40 years is the standard length of a report because that's normally the maximum effective life of any asset in the property. So it's 40 years for the structure. The plant and equipment's all different depending on what it is. So for example, there's a difference between a gas hot water system and a solar hot water system. They have different effective lives, but the building's 40 years and most plant and equipment is kind of gone after 10 years. 
I think that's a, a pretty good segue into sort of, and I know you were touching on it before, the difference between, you know, maybe a, a, an existing older property, a brand new property, and then maybe a property you've done a renovation on. What are the types? Like, I know there's a specific date and time where these things roll over and then you, you can do a renovation and start depreciate, getting tax depreciation again. Do you want to just maybe walk us through that? Yeah, so, so the simple things to remember are the, the 16th of September 1987. That is the, the key date where the property needs to have commenced construction after that date to be able to claim the original structure. So if you want to claim the concrete slab, the gyp rock, the tiling, even the kitchen cabinets, it needs to have commenced construction after that date. Um, if it hasn't, but it had been renovated after that date, then you'll still get those Division 43 or structural deductions based on when the renovation was done. The plant and equipment items, um, there was a change uh, on the 9th of May 2017 that said, if you're buying a property after that date to claim the plant and equipment items like the carpets and the blinds, you either need to buy a brand new property after that date or install a new asset yourself. So what that means is today, if you buy a place that's a year old, there'll be no claim on the plant and equipment items anymore. Yeah, right. Interesting. Okay, I didn't even realise that that was the case. Oh, and is there... Joe, there's <laughs> all, all, all the info you wanted, much, much less. <laughs> I'd assume that there would be quite a significant difference, but do you mind walking us through the difference between, um, say, a, a strata-titled property and, and a freehold one? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good question because people don't realise that when you buy a strata-titled property, you're buying a percentage of the common areas in essence as well. So if you have a strata titled townhouse, it might have a shared driveway. And let's say that there are five townhouses, then chances are you will own roughly one fifth of that driveway as well. Now that gets a little bit more intense if you're looking into high rise residential, especially if it's new and you can claim the plant and equipment items because there might be, you know, we see properties that have six lifts in them and a lift can easily cost a million dollars on its own. You know, there are properties that have um, gyms and cinemas and car parks and that sort of stuff. And even things like gym equipment, like there are different categories based on cardiovascular equipment like treadmills and exercise bikes and then resistance equipment like you know the the pulley based thing so when you buy a unit in a high rise if there's 200 units it doesn't always work this way but it'll be somewhere around one two hundred of all that stuff is yours as well and that That's would be pretty... the same for say the sorry jordan the like the the bricks and stuff of a of an apartment like a if it was built beyond yeah. that Cut off yeah, the, the, the basement and, and all that sort of stuff. So what we do is we estimate the construction costs in isolation specifically of their unit because they own all of that unit. Um, and then, of course, there's the common areas. So there's the foyer, there's the levels, there's the basement. So when we do a unit, like we've had people say before, oh, you know, I've got a unit and it's only 55 square metres, so it's a lot easier to do than a house, so can I have a discount? Well, the reality is like if there's 10 different levels and six levels of basement in a gym, we've physically got to go and look and inspect all of that stuff. So um, units can be far more complex than houses for that reason. 
And, and that's a really good point too, because if you're listening to Mike now and thinking, how do you possibly factor in all these tiny little bits and pieces and understand what the distinction between certain gym equipment is and everything else that goes into it. Uh, I really want to understand how too, because I've had, I've had MTG out to a couple of my properties and I was actually there with a, with the guy at the time. And he was, he literally took photos of every single thing you could possibly in this, in the see in the house. And uh, it felt like he was installing a, a digital people or something like that. I was a little bit creeped out, <laughs> but, um, but how, how, how does it happen? I've got to say, you get up to some weird stuff at your place, Jordan. I've been meaning to talk to you about it. We've had to turn the camera off. No wonder you haven't, you haven't talked to me for the last six months, Mike. Now, but how, do, how does it all happen in the back end? I mean, obviously you, you take the photos and then what happens from there? Yeah, so the, the idea is that we spend as little time as possible on site. Of course, um, the, the caveat there is we need to collect a fair amount of detail, so it can be quite a period of time on site. But a lot of the time we're, we're inspecting a property that's got tenants in it, and they're not terribly interested in your tax return and your deductions. So we like to be respectful of that and say, look, you know, we'll rip through here, but if you can just give us access to this common area, then you can buzz off and we'll just hang around here for a bit. Um, that often gets us into trouble with the, the concierge, but we, we, we deal with that. <laughs> um, so that information all comes back to the office. So the, the site information that we collect, the photos um, for, for our team in the office to put all of that together. So with a strata title property, for example, we need to source the, the strata plans because that'll have your entitlement. So if you've got one of the 200 units, your entitlement is never one over 200 because say the penthouse has a higher um, floor size. So it's going to have point. a higher entitlement and all that sort of stuff. So we have to calculate that. We're taking measurements of the area. So we're estimating the construction cost on an elemental basis for the unit and then the common areas and then all the individual plant equipment items as well. And, you know, in the unit, there can easily be, you know, a hundred odd across the whole thing because we're, we're talking a, a pretty long list of, uh, of plant and equipment items in a, in a, in a unit complex. Yeah, I think you're going to answer my question with you shouldn't, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. What, what do you say to those people who just try and have a crack at this themselves and, and have a swing or even the, the accountant that goes, just leave it with me if you've done a renovation, just let me know roughly what you've done and I'll be able to do this for you. Yeah, isn't that isn't that something? There's a, something that I like to do with our new recruits. It's a bit like, you know, hazing the, the uh, apprentice. I sort of say, well... Um, how about we do a depreciation schedule? I'll give you a calculator, a pen and a piece of paper. And they sort of, you know, a little bit of wee comes out normally because it's <laughs> it's one thing to understand it, but it's another thing to be able to, to crunch it sort of then and there. But the real, in, in getting serious, the, the really important thing and why accountants shouldn't do it and people can't do it themselves is that accountants and individuals aren't qualified in the eyes of the tax office to estimate construction costs. So if you have a, an investment property and you put say a split system in, your accountant is able to look up the effective life. They know the date that it goes in so they can calculate how many days in that financial year and your invoice will have the cost on it, right? So they can write that off for you. Um, there's no estimating required, but even if you build 
a brand new property, let's say you spend 300K building a house and people will say to me, well, why should I get uh, you, know, to, you to estimate the construction cost when I know exactly what it is? That's a good question. We can't tell you that it costs more than what you paid. The ATO take a dim view on that. But what you don't necessarily know is the cost of the carpet that was installed and the oven and the cooktop and the range hood and the air conditioning. Those are normally sort of hidden costs as part of um, the, the, the building contract. And even if they are provided, they might be sort of the cost um, that they purchased it for rather than the total installed cost because an architect has to design where your oven goes and an electrician has to install it. Those are all costs that need to be apportioned on top of the actual acquisition cost of that asset, if it makes sense. Yeah, 100%. That's a really good point. I used to work for a builder and we do the same thing as, you know, as part of a sale, you'd include the air con or, you know, free, free, free floorboards or whatever it might be. So it's not actually factored into, you know, the, the build cost that you're getting from, from the builder. So there, there's some really good, some highlight points. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I guess this is kind of off the whim, but um, if someone was to get a, a depreciation schedule that hadn't had one before, I mean, obviously they all change and differ but what would what would be sort of the average number in terms of uh, return that they'd get say per annum or something like that yeah look we um we actually collect live data on that i don't have the window open that would have been really helpful but the last time we did a major analysis on it was nine thousand one hundred eighty three dollars was the average deductions that we're getting across all residential property. Um, now that it, that excludes um, just things like um, little extensions where they're saying the scope is to just do this. Like I'm talking like full properties. Yeah. So that's, that's the average deduction. And if you go back to my original um, point about say $11,000 worth of deductions being four grand back in your pocket, if you're earning hundred K it's going to end up being a little bit less. So that sort of makes the value proposition very high for investors because our fee is tax deductible. So you don't end up paying the full amount. So should you pay six or $700 to get $3,800 back in your pocket and year in year one, and then subsequently more deductions later on? Well, the answer is normally yes. So I normally say to people, whether you use me or someone else, please use somebody right? That sort of shocks people because they expect me to just hit them over the head to win the business. I care more about investors understanding about tax depreciation and getting those deductions because there's a lot of deductions that are missed that are floating out there in the ether. And it's my mission to get them for investors. And so you've just kind of maybe touched on it there, but is that the rough cost kind of that six to 700 bucks? For yeah, most quantity, most quantity surveyors are in that range. If they're not, then they're often trying to do reports without an inspection, which I'd never recommend unless it was a very specific circumstance. Say it was a brand new house where you had a, a given cost and you had plans and inclusions. But even in that example, often the plans and inclusions will say stainless steel appliance or they'll say carpet to living areas. And you're like, well, does that include the hallway? Uh, and is stainless steel Technica or Gaggenau? And the difference between, say, a Technica and a Gaggenau oven is maybe about 20 grand. Uh, so often it's worth spending that extra amount to get a proper schedule that's going to maximise it for you. Yeah. 100%. Here's another... Sorry, Jordan. But like, let's it. say you, you got one done five years ago, right? And then you've, yep. you've, done, you've gone and, and done a bit of work since then. Should you, should you get another? It... Uh, 
I annoy people when I say it depends. Like I love to yeah. say yes or no, but unfortunately I'm going to have to talk about tax again. But I mean, you you guys did invite me, so I, I don't know who you can blame. <laughs> um, that why it depends is that well, let's say as an example, it's a split system. Like I said before, if you've got the cost, then you can give that to your accountant and they can write it off. You can alternatively give that to us and we'll update your schedule free of charge. If you're adding, say, five items and they're all plant and equipment items, then the accountant can look it up. However, if you're spending, say, $80,000 to get a builder to do a new kitchen and bathroom, builders don't tend to say, you know, congratulations, Joey, on your new kitchen and bathroom. Uh, by the way, your oven costs this, your heated towel rail costs this, your spa bath pump costs this. I don't know, you just struck me as a spa bath sort of guy, Joey. Um, <laughs> but that, so that's where I would say you need to get a quantity spare to tease that apart because if it's all lumped into one, it's going to be two and a half percent deductions each year as a as a say a, a structural deduction whereas if it's carpet it's going to be a 25 percent deduction so you know that's a 10 times increase if you can bring the plant items forward so it's the same deduction over 40 years but do you want to wait 40 years to get it back or do you want to try and get that up front and if you think about the time value of money um, it's always much more beneficial to do it at the beginning yeah, so you guys will update the schedule, as you said, let's say I had to replace an air conditioning for argument's sake or, or something else or a new oven, you'll update the, your, your client schedules? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've done, say, 20 or 30 different items, we might sort of say, like, Joey, you know. We need to have another look, yeah. I love, I love Shiraz and it'll cost you one for me to do this. <laughs> or, you know, if it's detailed, it might be, look, we've got to go back to site, there's some costs involved, but, but we see the benefit in it and we don't yeah. recommend anything that, that isn't beneficial to the client. So if they come to us with a property where the deductions don't stack, we say, look, um, we're sorry, we'd rather help you with the next one. And on the flip side of that, in terms of like not having a depreciation schedule, I mean, I'm a big culprit of this on my first investment property. I didn't get one for the first two or three years. I didn't even realize what one was or why you needed one. Um, and, and I was kind of in that mindset of like, oh, I've missed the opportunity now. I'm not going to be able to, to claim what I wanted to claim. It, you know, is, is that true? Like, are you too late if you miss out on the first two or three years or, or how does that all work? Yeah, it depends how long you, you you miss out. So you used to be able to go on back claim four years uh, for for you know the last decade or so. It's been two financial years. So when you go and do your tax return, you can actually pay your accountant to amend your two previous financial years. So that's an important thing to consider. And certainly there are people that miss out on deductions. They wait too long. Um, we did a study on this. So we were the first firm to, to actually say the amount of time it takes people to order a schedule and to audit the missed deduction. So what we did is we looked at a thousand residential property investment transactions and we calculated the, the average missed deduction. So we found that 6.7% of our clients waited so long that they wouldn't be able to access some of their claim as a, as a, as a back claim. So what we're saying is that they waited more than those two years of back claim. Um, and the average, I think, was 3.8 from memory. But what, what we did um, find out is, is that the average deductions that are missed by those 6.7% of investors was $20,537. So that's very significant. And that could be six, seven, eight thousand dollars gone from your back pocket. 
Um, the worst example of that was a lady bought a unit off the plan 16 years prior to contacting us. And uh, it keeps me up nights thinking about the deductions that she lost. We still got her a great result in the back claim, right? The report paid for itself a million times over uh, in the first year. But yeah, people miss out on deductions. And one thing I, um, if you'll indulge me, because this is a long answer. Um, one thing I think is important in that people might say, look, 6.7%, that's not a, a huge portion, but that's 6.7% of people that eventually figured out that they need us or someone like us. There's a lot of people that never figure it out. So those numbers are probably low. And if you, even if you take that 6.7% and you put that across the entire investor population, we're talking, we crunch the numbers, there's $2.88 billion worth of missed deductions sitting out there in the ether. So that's, that's big biscuits. Yeah, ouch. So, for example, I wanted to engage your services, right? Like, what's the, the actual process? So you've mentioned that someone needs to go to site as an investor to... I need to organize that? Do you liaise with my property manager? What's the actual process there? Yeah, the first step is, is we, we get to know your property. Uh, so if you were to, to get in touch with us, we'll say, you know, what did you purchase? When was it built? Do you know if it's had any improvements? Have you done anything to yourself? Have you lived in it? Um, these all help us to get a very quick picture of whether it's worthwhile. Um, so once we come to that conclusion, we'll say, yeah, look, we can definitely recommend a schedule. It's going to be beneficial for you. Then we look after the whole thing. So you can provide us with your property manager's details. They can provide us with the tenant's details and we'll go and inspect the property. Um, sometimes we meet the property manager, but you don't, certainly don't have to book that yourself. We send a, a, out some um, a request for information which is, you know, your full legal name that you purchased it in, your settlement date, your purchase price, if you've made any additions, what are they? So there's some basic information that we need, but we turn that all around um, pretty quickly. And the end result is that 40-year report, which is the nice, neat package, which goes into tremendous detail because mostly it's accountants reading them. Um, but there's a video that um, we send after our report that says how to read the bloody thing as well, right? So you can say, <laughs> forget all the pages. If you want to know what the deductions are for your first year, this is the page to go to. Um, and yeah, we pride ourselves on, on looking after as much as we can for the investor. Is that actually what the, yeah, and what the video is called? How to how to read a bloody thing? How to read the bloody thing? No, um, that's pretty Lara <laughs> Bingle, isn't it? Um, no, but I don't know. Maybe we'll split test it. Um, we'll see what the data says. <laughs> Check the open. But rate. just like as a as a like as an investor, and lots of people just go, "Gee, tax." It's just such a like a mind-boggling topic, and I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. I don't really want to think about it too much. It's from what you've said so far, it's pretty a hands-off type of thing for, for yeah. myself as the investor yeah and i get it i mean I, I pay my accountant to make things go away like i don't want to Correct, know right? like it's painful it's terrible like i have um you know to put to put it in a weird way um i have kind of dedicated slash wasted my life knowing all there is to know about tax depreciation right um maybe i've wasted it but like that's a value to you right because you don't have to waste yours diving into it so that's where i think you know we we, we value our experts so there's limited stuff that we need from you we try to make it as less painful as possible but really we look after the whole thing from start to finish and we don't do it if there's no benefit to the client and you always show that, Mike, with with all your conversations. Like the, I'm I'm always 
fathomed by the numbers that you can rattle off by the top of your head and headed and statistics. And I know you guys do a, a lot of data analysis and research over there, which, you know, really you don't have to, but you provide it to the community anyway. I mean, we're talking off air and you're providing suburb reports to your clients and stuff like that. So it's not just a wham, bam, here's your depreciation schedule. Thank you very much for your business. You, you generally got a, got an interest in, in the industry. You know, you run the podcast yourself. You, you got all these insights and you rattle the numbers off. So um, thank you for your input to the industry, mate. We really appreciate it. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I mean, like um, I, I, my, I, my business partner and I sort of talk about, you know, we're not saving babies. I wish I was clever enough to do something like that. But um, we care about the journey of, of the investor, right? Most investors are struggling by virtue of 72% of them only get one. We want to change that stat. We want people that invest in property to be able to change their financial future um, and I think just putting them in touch with good quality information and helping them and guiding them, um, tax depreciation is just one part of it for us. But that's, of course, our special subject. So for the listeners who want to try and find out a little bit more about your services and how, to, how does someone get in touch with you guys? Look, um, I'm pretty easy to stalk on LinkedIn. I've got a weirdly unusual name. Um, I wish it was more exotic. but um, So it's Mike Mortlock. Our website's mcg, like the cricket ground, qs.com.au. Uh, so mcgqs.com.au. And if you go to that forward slash the property pals, I'll put some data and some show bag stuff in there. I'll put a reduced fee for you, for your listeners and a free estimate for deductions. Um, you know, I'll roll out the red carpet. So go and do that. mcgqs.com.au forward slash the property pals. How's that for Matt, FM? Mate, you're a legend. That's uh, <laughs> that was off the whim. We didn't we didn't organize any of that. And that's that sort of shows We're you what type of, that one. That's type of bloke Mike is, mate. So uh Mate, it's always a pleasure to, to catch up. Let's not let it be six months again. We uh, we we should definitely do this again at some hey, point in time. And it's always just a pleasure. quickly, just sure. just just quickly, Mike. Do you have any idea what mcg.com.au is? Is that just the actual cricket ground? Yeah. Well, actually, um, funny story. Um, it was owned by Macquarie Bank, and I thought, oh gosh, I'm never going to get that domain because uh, they're just going to sort of hoard it forever. They weren't using it. And then someone came up to me the other day and he said, would you be interested in mcg.com.au? And I'm like, yeah, but Macquarie Bank owned it. He's like, oh, no, they let it go and I bought it. And uh, he wants uh, so much money for it that we'll probably never get it. So it's mcgqs.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> Only an extra two letters, mate. I'm sure people will survive. That's awesome. Mike. Yeah, look, as Jordan said, Mike, it's been absolutely wonderful chat and really appreciate your insights and obviously the offer that you've given to our listeners and, and can't thank you enough for your time. Yeah, pleasure. Great, great fun and uh, any time, guys. And lo love the work that you're doing and uh, and the stuff you're putting out there. So keep it up. Thanks, mate. I'll, I'll talk Thanks to you so soon. Much.